Now I want to back up, circle around, and see how people responded to Jesus. And we're going to go out of order. First, we're going to look at Herod. Herod, I mean, he could have easily brushed this off as some silly folklore, right? Like three astrologers are following a star to a baby. Who cares? Why would that be of concern to him? But here's the thing. He believed it. And that's why he acted the way that he did. Douglas O'Donnell shared some thoughts that he had after reading uh, Christopher Hitchens' book titled, God is Not Great, How Religion Poisons Everything. And in one chapter, Hitchens makes the case that Christians teaching our children about our faith, raising them up in the way that the Bible teaches us to, is child abuse. And O'Donnell wondered why someone who doesn't believe in God could be so hostile to Christianity. But then he said this, Then I remembered that an intelligent person only attacks what he knows to be a real threat to his way of thinking and, more importantly, his way of living. And Jesus is such a threat. You see, we have different ways that we can respond to Christ, and one of those choices is hostility, which is what we see from Herod. This is the one that Jesus kept telling his followers to be prepared for. It's the one we see outside the church, and it's increasing exponentially right now. Hostility has always been around. It was terrible for the early church, and there's been different waves, and it's terrible in many places right now. But in our country, we see it's rising to new heights every day. And why is that? Well, as we become a less and less Christian influence and churched culture, and we'll talk about another response that's dangerous within the church, but as we move away as a country from those influences, hostility is a natural recourse. We need to understand that. Now, I will add the disclaimer that our culture, our society, had a lot of Christian influence in the past, but that does not mean that there was ever this ton of genuine Christianity. I mean, I believe that there was more, but we need to get it out of our heads that our country was ever had this giant supermajority of genuine followers of Christ. It's not been that way. It never was, but there was a lot of influence. Be that as it may, we are moving more and more into hostility, and that happens for different reasons depending on different angles. We can think about the governmental angle, and, and we might ask, well, why do they care so much? Why pick on Christians? Well, that's because true Christians and true Christianity, it can't be controlled. We are a threat to those who seek to control us. Now, not a physical threat. We should not be a physical threat. Uh, to their bodies or their property. But we are an ideological and sometimes a political threat. It's easy to wonder why the Chinese Communist Party would hate Christianity so much. It's like Christians in China are peaceful. Like they're not raising up a rogue militia. They're having families, paying taxes, working. So why do they care? What's the problem? Well, Christians don't always do what they're told. And when a government comes along and tells Christians to do or not do something that's contrary to what God says, then we respectfully decline. And that is a big problem for a government that wants absolute power. And one of the things that we're seeing in our own country 
is that the government has an agenda. We can see it very clearly to continue to grab more and more power and control over the people. And we are a threat to that. Because if, we, if they decide, hey, you have to take anybody who wants to be a member of your church, we're not going to comply. If they say, hey, you have to do any wedding that's requested of you, we're not going to comply. If they say, hey, you're not allowed to preach about sin anymore, we're not going to comply. If they say, hey, you have to uh, support your children's confusion about their identity, we're not going to comply. And that is a problem for those in power who are seeking absolute power. Herod was an incredibly evil man. But he did recognize the importance of Jesus. He recognized that if Jesus is king, then he is not. And he didn't like that. And like it or not, hostility is a perfectly logical response to Jesus and his followers, not only from a government, but from anyone. We might look at a different angle, the personal angle, the societal level, and we see that Christianity is also a threat. Again, not a physical threat, but spiritual, ideological. We might look around personally and think, well, why won't people just let us be? Why, why, we're not the government. They're not the government. Why do they care? And again, they might not recognize fully who Jesus is, but they understand that what he teaches, who he is, is a threat to the life that they want to live. Because if you want to live in a world where you are God, where you sit on the throne and you decide what's right and wrong and you do whatever you want, then you better be hostile to Christianity. That is what makes sense. This is a spiritual war. I am hostile to evil in this world. Aren't you? You should be. I'm hostile to abortion. I'm hostile to the sexualization of our culture. I'm hostile to schools indoctrinating children with evil. Does it not make sense that evil would be hostile to good? Now, not hostile in the sense that I'm going to hurt anyone physically or their property, but I'm a threat to their agenda. So why should it surprise us that they would be hostile to our agenda to spread the gospel, to bring people into the family of God? Now, we're not forcing anybody. This isn't militant Islam. We're not kicking down the doors with guns and saying, hey, you guys are Christians now. But let's not pretend like we don't have an agenda. We do. Our agenda is our mission to go and make disciples of all nations. We want to see people move from death to life to join us in worshiping the king, the true king. So we're fooling ourselves. If we, can, if we think we can continue to be in this world and just tootle along in peace without hostility. Jesus told us very clearly Matthew 10, 34 and 35. Do not think that I, have, that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And in the same chapter earlier in verse 22, you will be hated by all for my name's sake. 
Now, when Jesus, he does bring peace, but he understands that that message is not going to make for a peaceful world. And when he says that I, I came to bring peace, not peace, but a sword, he, he's not talking about physical, a sword that he's coming, I mean, he's going to in the end, but not for us. He's talking about a spiritual war. So I don't quite understand the confusions among Christians. Why do people hate us? Because of Jesus. Why do people hate Jesus? Because he's king. He's king. He didn't come to call people to add him to the buffet so they can have some of him whenever they're in the mood. He called us to come and die. Die to ourselves, pick up our crosses, and follow him. And guess what? A lot of people don't want to do that. Most people don't want to do that. And the fact that someone came and said that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that no one comes to the Father except through him, and that if you don't take that road, then you're going to have to pay for eternity, the penalty for your sins, well, that doesn't sit well with a lot of people. So we should not be surprised by hostility. What we should be surprised by is indifference. And indifference is what we saw in the chief priests and the scribes. These were the people who knew about the coming Messiah. Herod had to come to them. They knew he was coming from Bethlehem. These magi come and say, hey, we're, we, found, we saw this star and we're coming to worship he who was born king of the Jews. And, and Herod realized this was big, but these guys just brush it off and go on with their lives. Now, of course, many of them would become hostile later, but their initial response was indifference. And Douglas O'Donnell said it this way, they weren't even curious. Could this be the one of whom the scriptures testify? They were as indifferent to Jesus as the priest and Levite were to the bruised and battered man in the parable of the Good Samaritan. We see a lot of hostility in the world, but we also see a lot of indifference. But the problem is that when you really understand Jesus and the gospel, indifference is the one that doesn't make any sense. Like, if you believe that the message of the gospel and the teachings of the Bible are not true, that they are wrong, then you should hate it. That is what makes sense. You know, all the things that people say about how people who don't believe what we believe, and they say what they're teaching is destructive and it's harmful. And the reality is, if it's wrong, they are right. It is harmful because that means that we are leading people astray, that we are lying, that we're presenting a completely different worldview that is totally wrong and we're heaping burdens on. We know that following Jesus truly isn't a burden, but if, if it's all wrong, then it is. It's a burden that we put on people. So it makes sense that an atheist would label my parenting as child abuse, just the same way that I see a lot of things unbelievers doing with their kids and teaching their kids today as child abuse. However, if the message of the gospel is true, if Jesus is king, if he is who he says he is, then indifference 
doesn't make any sense either because then we should forsake everything and follow him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We should give him our lives, but instead we see these religious leaders who should have been the most intrigued, the most excited, the early adopters as the indifferent. And in 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul is talking about people, how, what people will be like in the end times. And one of the things that he says about them in verse 7, they will be always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Definitely sound, I mean, we can see that happening now. But that's what these chief priests and scribes were like. These, they knew the prophecies. Herod didn't. He had to go to them to ask questions. But Herod believed. He, he understood, even though he hated it. And he responded by killing a bunch of children, and they respond by just going back to whatever they were doing. See, hostility can be scary. That's why we don't like it. That's why there's so many Christians in the world that are like, I don't get it. Why, why can't people just get, get along with us? Why do they have to be hostile? Because hostility is scary, even though it should be expected. Indifference, though, we like indifference because it's not that scary. We want people to be indifferent, even though it doesn't make sense to be indifferent. 